Welcome to episode 286 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Today it is Labor Day, Monday, September 7th at 1.33 p.m. from my front room. Um, this is Texting. Hey there, Jason. How's it going? Going pretty well. How are you doing? Well, good. It's been, uh, how long has it been since we recorded a discussion show? Two months? <laughs> I think. Radical Acceleration at Scale, published July 14th. Almost. Yeah. Seven weeks. Almost two months, yeah. Right. What do you think? I think it's not good. In what way? I think it's indicative that we are, we've lost a lot of momentum. We have lost momentum, but why? Why have we lost that momentum? Because we're just doing so much, and we've been doing this thing for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let's just skip to the point. I mean, I, 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 th- I, think, I think the reality is that we've kind of the show has sort of run its course. I think we've kind of, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but I sort of feel like we've, re- we've been repeating ourselves a right. bit and I'm not sure that's makes for a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, I want to say something else. The thing that the thing, the narrative narrative drive of the show mm-hmm. was, was the tension that we had. And after five years, you kind of get to know someone and you kind of get to know how to dodge the potholes and the relationship gets easier and there's kind of less tension. And I wonder if that's also... You feel like there's less tension? I do. Really? Yeah, I do. I think so. I, think I, don't, think you, I don't think you really think that. I do. I genuinely do. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we're like... That. Because I think we're in, the, in the early days, we used to really like, you know, butt heads quite a lot. And I thought that there, there was... In the very beginning, we used to butt heads quite a lot, and it almost was too tense, right? And we even got comments from people, okay, you know, that was a bit far. Anyways, I think you're overrepresented. I was in one show. Okay. One I think show. it was one show. I All think right. we've always, I think I think we tend to agree on a lot of things. I don't think that has anything to do with it. No, but it was just like, it, but it was just like you said, you know, you've always said, you know, we agree on a lot, but we disagree just enough to, to, to keep it interesting. But perhaps now we agree, <laughs> even on those points. I don't know. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I, I think there. I think what's happened is um, our interests have changed a little bit. Um, right. I think you know the stuff that I'm interested in. I guess is less startupy or mm-hmm. less pure startupy. Yeah. And you know, I and so it makes me hesitant to talk about it sometimes on the show because I'm like, well, it's not really what we're. I mean, not that our show is necessarily only about startups, but I when it becomes mostly not about startups. I started getting a little self-conscious, like, I don't know if I should be talking about this. Maybe people, nobody's interested in hearing this. But unfortunately, that's more what I'm interested in than just start talking about startups or, or technology. I actually don't understand how someone like Andrew Warner does show after show asking basically the very same questions about the, about the same kind of startup stuff. And Because we, we did that, you know, once again in the early days in the first 150. And it's like, how many times can you talk about, you know, startups and learn the same lessons and... So that's another another kind of little point about that, I think, as well. Yeah, no, I get bored talking about the same, yeah, same stuff all the time. I mean, I don't know. You, you interview people. I felt like we we interviewed our share of entrepreneurs, and I felt like I was hearing the same story. Right, right. You exactly. know, more or less. I mean, you know, there's shades of it. Someone would have a new technique or a new or interesting anecdote, but it was sort of you know getting to the recipe or the formula of what works and what doesn't. I mean, yeah. some of it's common sense. And the and the rest of it is sort of like well known, <laughs> well documented, yeah. and um, I don't know. So I you know I had a hard time 
interviewing people and we, who who would who were going to tell us the same story. And so we'd get interview requests from people. It's like, oh, you should talk to this guy or this person, and uh, be like, well, I can tell you what they're going to say, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And a few times I would I'd be willing to humor it just because I'm like, all right, well, let's see. And then it'd be like, yep, I pretty much could have predicted the whole show, <laughs> you know. And I don't like. I don't like things I can predict. It's like when you watch a TV show or you watch a movie and you like can predict the plot points. Yeah. You predict the action. This is not very fun. This is like, eh, you know, this whole thing was telegraphed. There's no surprise. It's like a joke when you know the punchline. Right. If I know the punchline, I, don't, I really don't want to hear that joke. It's annoying. It's annoying to listen to a joke when you know the punchline, right? When someone insists on telling you anyway, it's like when you're a grandparent, <laughs> or your dad or, you know, wants to tell you a story that you've heard 15 times. You're just like, all right, God, if you have to say it. Anyway, I th- so the things are mainly that I, I, f- I feel like, you know, I, there are certain, there are certain uh, topics or in, you know, in, my, in my life that I find interesting that I've been talking about on the show. And I, and I said there's, there's somewhat far field of the, 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 the major, you know, math team topics. Yeah, whether it's the math team or math whatever. It's just, cards. yeah, it's just like, um, you know, I, I think people humor it a little bit. Yeah. And there's a few, some people are more interested in than others, but I don't know if that's not the show is about, but that's the kind of stuff I'm more interested in. It's like, well, why, why am I doing the show? Cause it right. seems kind of, you're forcing people to talk about stuff that listen to stuff that I should. Secondly, you haven't really been super enthusiastic with topics in the past six months or year. You've kind of been either busy or not interested. So it's sort of like, you're not showing up with topics and then it's sort of like just me talking about things that I've going to my life and I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's kind of like what really, you know, we should be doing, you know? Well, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I completely agree with that. I mean, the light, the light stuff, uh, we've, that's been a story for the last six months. Yeah, but, but you haven't really, but I mean, let's say you have, you, so two, three years ago, you'd show up with your 10 Oh, with topics. Plug-in. You're right. like, oh, well, no, no, I'm not about plugging. You have other topics you want to talk about. I want to talk about this. I want to ask about this. I want to talk about this. You'd have external topics, not to just like what you're working on, right? But you haven't done that in a long time. And so it's like, you know, I haven't seen the enthusiasm from you. <laughs> and then so I, that, I always have, I always have at least five things. Like, like I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It was like, what are you talking about? You about the show? So many times if you show up, you'd be like, where do you go? Oh, I got nothing. I got nothing. Right? I guess, but that's not, that's not, that's not, that's at least 50% of the show, the time that I do have stuff. But anyway. No, I don't know. I don't believe that. I, I feel like it's rare. Occasionally you'll have a couple, you'll, you'll, you'll throw it a couple links or you'll scan Hacker News in the middle of the show looking for something to talk about. And I'm just like, it's not, you know, not what you used to be. That's not the level of enthusiasm you had 2012. So I'm the reason you're closing down. No, I'm just saying that. I'm talking. Things that I'm doing, I think I'm more interested in are outside the show, and I'm, and you're not really that interested in the show. So, like the combination, I'm just like, eh, you know, what's the point? I, I think it's disingenuous to say I'm not interested in the show. That's like, not disingenuous. I'm. That's my perspective. I don't think you're interested in the show. If like, I don't, if I don't call you and say the show three, four weeks, you'll you're happy to go a month without doing the show. And I'm like, is, well, this is good. like prime texting right now. Now that we're arguing. Well, I was. I even just said to you the other day that. Um, you know, sometimes I test you to see if you are going to, like, send me a text. So so why are you testing me? I'm not I, testing I wanna you. I want to find out if you're into so the you're show not, so or you're not. Te- why are you testing me? I'm not testing me. I'm just, like, <laughs> you literally just disappeared. Like, no, no, no interest. 
you know, before it was like, see, see, that's the thing that I had said early on. And it's just the thing with anything in life. It's like, it's all about momentum. If you want to make progress in anything, if you want to do anything, it's all about momentum. And as soon as you lose momentum, it just, you, you kind of lose everything. So it has to be consistency, whether it's, you know, working on a project or whether it's getting in shape. As soon as it becomes this thing you do once in a while, it's sort of like, you know, it, it just loses, loses everything. There's not a whole lot to build upon. All right, let's start. I'll ask you a question. So, so let's talk about light. Sure. The last time we talked, mid, mid-July, light was your, your four, that was your main, main focus. That was something you were really putting all your energy into and you were excited about. So what happened? So this has been you know, almost two months. All right. So that is, so two months in terms of since I, since I like spoke about it and launched it. So I've really mentioned it on two shows, one with uh, Gabriel Weinberg and one with you. And so I've previously been working since February. So I guess about six years on the project. So, um, wait, six years, on six the months, sorry, six months. six months on the project. So, um, I've decided not to move forward with the project mm-hmm. as you know, cause we've spoken, um, independently on it. And, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the kind of experience that I had with the project forward with it. So we did, um, well, first of all, as you, as you've agreed, like it was a really nice app. Um, the backend service was great. I, I set up you know, like six different stores, menus on there. And the ordering experience is pretty seamless. Facebook one-click login, um, Stripe integration, distributes money dis- distributes money to couriers, all that. So basically, got it, got it all built out and all done. Um, and ran a number of different traction tests as well. So um, the first traction test was Street Hustle, I call it. So basically, handing out cards on the street. Um, we well, you to, you did that. You and an, you had and you hired a guy. You did career, that yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah, and then you hired a company a few about a month after that too. Yeah, so mailing. I'm going to talk through it all. So we so we handed out about three. The the guy was working was doing it for more than a few days. We we did it for like a week and maybe just a little over a week. We handed out probably three hundred ish cards and um, got about fifteen orders from that. Okay. So that was kind of, I call the street hustle version where we had this, uh, the courier was Julian. He was an 18 year old guy who was basically hustling and going around telling people about it and got orders that way. Um, and it was good and it was great because we were able to test the app and, uh, you know, prove that it, that it worked end to end. I did, I did have some learnings from that, which were that there was quite a lot of installs where people didn't you know, 40% of people weren't actually signing up fully. Like they weren't, they were installing the app, but not signing up because it was too complicated, the sign up journey. So that's when I put the Facebook single login button. So anyway, so I made that change, pushed that out to the app store. Um, and obviously that takes like about, you know, almost two weeks when you're waiting for the app store, well, like a week, a week and a bit. I pushed that out and then <clears throat> I ran some Facebook ads, which you had suggested. Um, I ran two different ads, one for, one for moms and one for dads. And the one for dads was uh, basically kind of like a picture of Superman's chest, but with super dad. Mm-hmm. And the tagline was be the hero, you know, mm-hmm. send some, uh, send a meal home to your family. Mm-hmm. And then I ran one for the mums, which was basically a picture of a busy mum, and saying, you know, you've, you've, you're already busy, like use light to get some meals. So 
Um, the ad, the ad kind of, uh, went to over 2000 people and, um, there was, uh, a number of install, I think it was like six bucks per install it ended up being. So there was four installs in total and, and no orders. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's another test. So I I could have continued running that test Mm -hmm. and getting orders, but I'll tell you why I didn't in a second. And so another thing I did, which was like the big hope that I had was I found a company that, um, would distribute geographically for very cheaply distribute cards to houses. So I got a really nice card printed and distributed to 5,000 houses around one uh, one strip mall where I could get all of the different things. Was that like, Santa Monica or something? No, no, that was right here in Pasadena. Oh, okay. So basically it's on lakes. So there's, there's a strip where they have um, McDonald's, they have Starbucks, they have uh, a, a lot of the different brands that I wanted to deliver. There was also Chipotle further down lake and stuff. Anyway, so they handed out 5,000 cards around that area, and this was my big hope because I could really pin it down to a specific price mm-hmm. per customer. And I could get it right down to six cents, six cents to get one card delivered to one house. Right. And I could scale that out to the whole of um, South California because this company did that much. Okay. So anyway, those 5,000 cards went out and uh, got two orders from 5,000. So, which was, um, two orders and two installs. And, and it's been, it's been like a week and a half, two weeks now since I did that. So that really was the conversion ratio. So the conversion was how many? 5,000 cars distributed two orders. Okay. So, uh, basically, um, the issues like, so there's uh, some reasons for stopping the reasons why I'm kind of not moving forward with it and some issues. So, I expected the project to be more bootstrappable. So like my assumption was that if I worked in this localized area and I, you know, this big white hope that I had, it just didn't quite work out the way that I expected it. Um, and I think you'd need to, it, it may work out in the sense of if you kept sending those 5,000 cards to those same people over a year, you, it might start to ramp up. But it's kind of, it's kind of tough because also with the Facebook ads as well, you know, we saw that it was like six bucks an install for six, six bucks per install, four installs and no orders. I think we, we know that with Postmates, it's, this is a viable business because Postmates already is making a lot of success. They've had 200 million funding and they, their main, I, I, I've, I've now learned through different uh, contacts, the Postmates biggest market is in fact fast food. So in and out Chipotle, that mm-hmm. type of thing certainly in um in our area of uh, california so the th- so that kind of proves that this business model can work but what what i just didn't understand until i really did it was that it requires funding like because you've also got to create the market create the supply so um at a minimum to be fully available because one thing i should mention is of all the orders i had i couldn't fulfill a, a bunch of them because they, i did i couldn't afford a guy on the street mm-hmm. yeah. so you know <laughs> that's that's kind of a problem how much how expensive was that for you so if you want to um i mean basically well minimum wage is 15 you know the good minimum wage is 15 but i managed to get away you with mean the good minimum wage minimum i i, I thought that 15 dollars was a minimum wage that they were trying to pass as a law in many places oh it's, yes it's not a minimum it's minimum not necessarily wage, not, minimum wage no right? it's not the minimum wage yeah the right. minimum wage is what 10 something yeah. like that yeah so so i mean the the target minimum wage one day that 
if they if they get their way will be 15 bucks but anyway i was paying 10 bucks an hour to couriers and so you need coverage for all the different stores um probably 12 hours a day you know going from 6 a.m to 6 p.m probably more and just to have one courier available you know that's going to be free you know like it's good it's it's expensive right Mm -hmm. it's over a thousand a week um and then to have and then what happens if you get two orders at the same time you know Mm -hmm. So, so that, so I basically underestimated that, um, that side of things. Um, and the other issue is, is it's highly localized. So it's highly localized traction requirements, which is kind of a problem because you can't do something like go or not. Let's say I could leverage my already. I've been a lot of, you know, we've done our podcast, so I could probably go on a lot of tech podcasts and like promote it, but that will basically be absolutely meaningless to you know a five mile radius of yeah, uh, lake that, avenue yeah it's not right <laughs> so so because it's localized that kind of creates a problem um so basically this the very sporadic and low volume of orders you know so why do you think that no your supply, why do you it, think handing out cards didn't work but postmates seems to be generating a lot of business well no handing out cards did uh, handing out cards would work so if you if you look at if you look at the stats basically handing out only 300 cards got about 15 people interested right 15 orders. I'm not saying I delivered 15 orders because there were some cancelled ones from that. But basically, I think Street Hustle would work in this model, but Street Hustle requires either me not working full-time or, uh, you know, money to pay someone to do that, to, to pay a team. Mm-hmm. So to pay a team to do the hustle is expensive. You need funding, right? You can't bootstrap it. Um, so really, that's, that's, that's ultimately... Um, Initially, Postmates wasn't in this area or something. Yeah, they they just started off as courier, just doing basic courier services. So when you started, Postmates was not in Pasadena. Oh, oh, right. No, the day I started, Postmates announced that they were starting in Pasadena. Is that right? Yeah. The day you started, the day you, the day I launched. The day you so, launched. So on the launch yeah. day, I got I got the bike, the light bike, and I went around Uber Media and handed out cards. On that day, right. I, I got an email in my inbox because I was a member of Postmates. Got an email in my inbox saying. Postmates started in Pasadena today. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, that's good. So, any any questions about that? Well, no, I mean, it's unfortunate because it took so much of your effort and stuff. I like mean, six months. So, so, so that's the learning. The learning is, sorry to interrupt you, but um, don't waste six months. Don't yeah. waste six months. Uh, the traction could have been tested without building any tech. Traction could have been tested by sending out the cars. Which you, which you learned on Disco and you, you promised you weren't going to do, but you got so sucked into wanting to build it. I know. I mean, and that's the two. No, I didn't just learn it on Disco. I learned it. No, but you, but you, you we have learned it many times. I've no, but you times. talked about it on the show. Like, I am never going to do, I am going to I be know. a master at, you know, vetting and customer development. And, but you got sucked into the, uh, the desire as a, of, of, of a technologist to, to build. It's a very powerful. It's very difficult not to do it. Yeah. It's a really difficult thing. Even you yourself suffer from the same issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, it's an, an interest. So I had just recently inst- uh, installed a, a Chrome plugin called Motivation by Alex McCaw. Have you heard of that? Well, we know. I know Alex. Okay, so you know Alex. Or were you interviewed him on the show? Yeah, yeah. No, I know that. Okay. Yeah. So no, I'm saying, have you heard of the plugin? No. Right. So basically, every time you open a new tab, it shows your age ticking down to like 
a ten, a, 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 like a a ten point ticker. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm like forty six point five three years old right now, and you can see it t- ticking down in real time, and it's like it really does kind of remind you. So, anyway, this <laughs> this last six months of like, I mean, it's not a complete waste of time because um, there's a few other interesting pivots that I've seen possible based on the tech. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's re- it's been really good to build the app using Titanium and build such a good app. In fact, you know, I've looked around at a number of the Titanium apps, even on their showcase page. I can't really find an app that that just feels as good. You know, mm-hmm. they were talking about the spit and polish of it. So that's kind of interesting. So it, it's a showcase, and you know, worst case scenario, it's brought some other interesting pivots to my mind, which I'm not going to talk about now. Um. And the you know another big learning and you had also said it to me, but I kind of realized it myself is really I need to just stick to something online. You know the offline thing is just it it's just not right at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you know you that's what you do. I mean, you you know play to your strengths. You know play to like you have a limited budget. You yourself aren't going to run around out in the world. I mean you you basically spend most of your time at home. Okay, if you're an online business, that's totally fine. If it's an offline business, not going to work so well. And you don't have, you know, millions of dollars sitting in the, uh, under your bed that you can just pull out and pay people to run around and do that stuff. And the only other way you do it is by partnering with somebody who's going to do that. And that's, of course, always a challenge to find somebody who has the same kind of commitment, availability, and uh, whatever, who's going to do that. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, that I... I I think, you know, you've demonstrated that you can succeed with a business like Plugio. You're online, doesn't require funding, doesn't require you going and knocking on doors or, you know, giving presentations and raising money or doing all these kinds of things. It's just you noticing a need, building a cool product. I don't know. And, and then, you know, I, I, I think I think that's that's your I think that's what you're best at and i think that's what you're most comfortable doing and i and if i was a, if i was gonna bet on it like that's where your be- highest probability of success is gonna be so yeah I, I would agree with that um so something else i want to say is that um this might be the like in in a sense the biggest reason why i didn't couldn't kind of move forward with it um we talk about like doing something you're into you're yeah. really into so what I noticed was, and I, I honestly, I would not have known this had I launched, had I built the whole thing out. Um, the, the into it factor, you know, your into it mm-hmm. factor. So I a few times got, got Julian to bring us food, you know, from various different, rest, various different restaurants and places. And I noticed that when he handed it over, I felt like apologetic. I was like, Oh man, I'm sorry I asked you to get this. You know, I was really uh, I was sorry about that. And I felt like uncomfortable using uncomfortable, your- right? And that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, you don't want to be building a business where you feel kind of uncomfortable about the business, like the actual core service. Mm-hmm. And I think that that I kind of pushed that out of my mind, but I think that's a, that's another reason why I didn't quite fight so hard, you know? Right. Um and I was talking with Phil about this, and he said, you know, he said it reminds me of, of screenwriters who write horror movies. It's like, 
they have to they have to love scaring the shit out of little kids. That's what they have to love doing, right? Every day they get up wanting to scare little kids. Every night they go to sleep wanting to scare little kids. They love scaring kids. That's what they do. <laughs> you should explain who Phil is. <laughs> oh, Phil Phil Amon, who's uh, who's. He's been on the show a few times. Yeah, but the, it's in a context. So Phil is a friend of mine from college who I did my first startup with. And he uh, just moved out to Pasadena uh, a few months ago. So I've been trying to get him to move out here for the past 15 years. <laughs> Finally, he's uh, he moved out. So he's, um, uh, yeah, so you you guys have hung out a couple times, right? And, oh, yeah. Uh, so he's in, in you, uh, you were at... Um, a mutual friend's wedding with Phil. You guys hung out there a bit, right? Yeah. So that's how you know. That's how you know Phil. So when you say Phil, <laughs> they know who the hell you're talking about. So uh, Phil, uh, he like I said, he he's done startups. He's um tech guy. He's a business guy. So yeah, and he's also done some screenwriting, I guess. So. Yeah. So that's that's light. So what? Um, the other update was the the diet update. You were doing the 800 calorie diabetes reversal diet how did that go so yeah i mean you know if you know me you'll know that it's been hard sticking to anything over the many years we've been doing the show (laughs) but um (laughs) but the good thing about that was it did regulate it did regulate my blood sugar and bring it down to a good level like before i started that my blood sugar was up there up it, what, up what, what was it? North it was like a 300-ish, which okay. is really bad. But this regulated it, bringing it between, you know, to the kind of 150-ish, 120 mm-hmm. to 150. And so um, I wasn't able, obviously, to stick on 800 calories. I did lose around about 10 pounds on it. But since then, I've been quite careful to eat. Well, I was previously eating low-carb low carb foods to keep my blood sugar down, and I've stayed about approximately the same weight. But about a week and a half ago, I switched uh, back to vegan. Remember, I used to do. Yeah, vegan, no, you've right? been playing what you've been yeah. doing the vegan thing on and off. For so I switched time. back to that because I read a number of studies about it again, and it just says that it's the best way to to just control diabetes, basically. Um, so I've been doing it for a week and a half, and my numbers haven't gone. They've stayed. They've basically stayed the same. What one fifty range? Yeah, stayed the same as that, um, in, and sometimes even getting lower. I've only been doing it for a week and a half. But uh, the point is, is that I think that there's more health potential and health benefits. So that's the that's what I'm doing now. So the ANR calories hasn't gone out of the out of the way. Yeah. So the ANR calories. I mean, that to me that sounded just shocking that you anyone could hold that for any length of time. I mean, fifteen hundred calories is near is like the borderline minimum of what people can hold without feeling like they're being starved. You know, in fact, there was even some article I read in New York Times of about a week ago talking about how they had done studies. Uh, the studies in, I guess, in the late 40s or something, um, where they had a bunch of guys and they had them like, I think they actually had control of their, you know, they were like in like a medical ward kind of thing and they restricted to 1500 calories. And like, guys were like, after a few weeks, really started losing their mind. Guys yeah. pulling the hair out, guys getting depressed, guys, guy, one guy actually cut off a couple's toes. I mean, this is bizarre. Well, I mean, the one nice thing about, about doing plant based is you, you basically, as long as you don't go nuts, you don't have to do calorie counting. Yeah, but I mean, so, so but anyway, that, I was shocked that you, how long did you hold 800 for? About two weeks. Yeah. But, but, uh, but the thing is, I think that it may have done the, tri- the trick it was supposed to do, which was like bringing, you know, bringing the blood sugar down through that. You know, the way it like burns, it's supposed to burn the fat from the, mm-hmm. 
the liver or whatever mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. the time that you're on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you were supposed to you're supposed to do it for three week, three months or something. Yeah, but I, well, I I did I did read a story about a guy who'd done it for eleven days and it like had a big impact on him. Okay. It, it basically it brought his numbers down and they measured him like six months later. Okay, so you lost how many? How much weight? You lost ten pounds. About have you gained that back or what? No, I'm I'm about I'm still about two two two. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, that's ten. I was like I was two three two when I started. I'm about two 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 now. I'm trying to get onto the two twenty. Yeah, that's what I really want to do. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I I commend you for even doing two weeks at eight hundred. That just to me sounded just amazing. That miracle anyone noodles. Can- that's how you miracle noodles, right? <laughs> miracle I, noodles I, and cauliflower. <laughs> Jesus, I can't. I just can't even imagine uh, eating that that few calories. What kind of side effects were you? Were you low energy? Were you depressed? Were you in there? Did you feel normal? Or you maybe for the first few days? But the thing is, I was consuming a very large quantity of basically fiber that that had very little, you know, caloric. So you felt full, f- it filled you up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, did. I, I mean, I, you know, when you wake up. You know that feeling when you wake up when you're on a, the hardcore diet and you're stu- you just your stomach's like, right. like I would have that every day. But through the day, I kind of fooled myself into feeling huh. like okay. Full. So you're back to the vegan diet, and are you you're not counting calories, and you're just gonna do this for a while and get yeah. And but but the the thing I want to talk about is light plus the light the light debacle plus the um, disco experience plus all the other experiences that I have. Kind of made me think about uh, thinking also, you know, what you're doing, you know, like you're doing the te- the math last math last things. Made me think about how where I'm going to spend my time, what I'm going to do. So one of them is do things you enjoy, right? So um, so with that in mind, I kind of had a little thought, and you know, I I really that vegan that kind of vegan plant based food service that I used where they delivered, I really like that service. And I would live off that if I could. And it's very expensive. Like two two fifty and that doesn't even get you enough. Two hundred and fifty a week. Two hundred fifty dollars a week and they would deliver. Even give you a, they deliver it and it doesn't even really get you enough for every meal. That gets you maybe one you know, one, what are one these meal pre- and a pre-cooked? snack every day. These are pre cooked meals or it's like they, well, it's pre made vegan stuff, yeah. And it, but this is a sp- I especially like it because it's raw. It's like super healthy. Okay. So I approached them and they, they have a terrible website. Right. I approached them. I said, look, I'll build you an amazing website and an amazing app if you feed me. Mm-hmm. So um, these guys are quite, quite hippie-ish. And uh, they, I, I believe they probably use their email once a week. So I sent, my, I sent the first message and about four days later... Got a response. We're interested. Right. We'll speak to you next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm currently waiting for that. That's going to be Wednesday where I'm going to be speaking to them. So we'll see. So, but that's something you're just interested in doing just for fun or? Yeah. Just, just, just like, I don't profit from it. I just. Well, than, you'll just save some money, I guess. Basically a lot of money. I mean, basically I, I don't, I couldn't afford it any other way. I mean, it's. I mean, it's, if you were cooking the meals yourself, I mean, vegetables, are they that expensive? Well, it's a lot of work. Oh, just cooking vegetarian it's, meals? It's a lot. I mean, doing raw vegan is a lot of work. Like, to make it taste good, it's hard work. I see. Okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of processes involved, like using dehydrators and things like that. And you don't feel like spending that much time in the kitchen and Georgia? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want to, yeah. That might be a bit too much. Right. Okay. Uh, you know? 
You probably need to do four hours a day. Like what? Really? Yeah, it's kind of holy crap. At, now, least, could, at least a few hours. Did you do one thing that Sandy does that she started doing when she was pregnant with Colby, um, our firstborn? Is she would cook? Uh, should she so preparing for her for having a baby in the house and not having the energy or time to cook meals? What she did is every time, I guess for about the month or or so preceding um, that time she every time she cook a meal she cook like four or six times a normal amount you could do that and yeah. then freeze it everything except for say the noodles or the rice or whatever so it would just be the the meat the marinated meat or whatever the vegetables all the stuff that was kind of like hard to prepare and so like she's gonna cook chili or she's gonna you know whatever i mean she would cook a ton of it and so we had like a month or i don't know like two months worth of food in the freezer and so she's like what do you want we got this we got this and she could just <laughs> she's just a time you know anything you want we yeah. got you know, four how much time did she put into that? Like a whole weekend or something? No, just every time she'd cook a dinner. So every time I cook a meal, instead of cooking, and which probably took her, you know, if it cooked her, if it would take her 40 minutes to cook, maybe it took her an hour with the extra preparation just by the volume. But if you're, if you're just getting cook, you know, um, stir fry, you just make it more of it. Right. And you would just sort of, you know, put it in the, in the freezer bags or whatever. And so she's ever, she's done that ever since. Or quite a lot of the time, so she'll just. That's why she has to. She doesn't have to cook, put as much work into cooking, but then we can eat higher quality stuff on a regular basis. And that would be one way of doing it. You're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to cook twice a week, but when I do it, it's going to take an hour. But I'm going to have not one meal. I'm going to have three more meals. Well, I'll have this every once a week for the next, you know, for the month for coming month, and I'll do that every time I cook. I'll just cook larger volume. That's a good strategy. Yeah, it was really smart. Good strategy because it's almost like inv- it's almost like compound interest, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you cook every every other night or whatever. It's just an you, efficiency. And then it's you like, get like four times the amount. It's a it's the economies of scale kind of thing, right? It's just it makes things way more efficient. Um, you know, and when you're uh, when when you know you're going to have a little baby to take care of, and you're going to not have a lot of sleep, and you're going to be exhausted, and you know, it just, uh, you know, forced her to think ahead of time. And so she's, she's done that ever, ever since. So, um, anyway, that's one way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but do you, are you much of a cooking? Do you enjoy cooking or do you, are you just sort of like, I, I uh, could get into it if I, if I wasn't like doing anything else. I mean, the problem, the problem with like, I think probably one way that I've been thinking incorrectly about startups is I, I kind of think about, you know, doing it to make money or whatever. I probably should have just been thinking about doing it to just stuff that I enjoy. I think that's probably a big lesson for me. Well, you know, it's, so, that's really funny because that's what Phil was saying when he would talk to you. He's like, you know, the only one big problem is I just don't, is you would meet with Phil and yeah. talk about, you know, talk about your startup because Phil, is, he, he, he used to vet um, startups for a venture fund. Mm-hmm. And so he, is very good at understanding, looking at your business model, looking at your financials, looking at your product, looking at your market and trying to understand, looking at the team, is the team investable? To, you know, da, da, da. So when you were talking to me, he's like, you know, the, one of the problems I see is I just don't buy that he is, that this is his... He's that into it. He's that into it. He yeah. loves it, right? You know, yeah. you know what's that joke that like, he's just not that into you? It came right. from Sex and City. It's like, he's just not that into it. You know, he's just not that. He's doing it for the money and he's excited about the company working and being successful, but it's not the business itself. It's really about having a successful business and succeeding at a business. So the reason why I say that is because you asked me, would you enjoy cooking? 
well, if I, the, and the reason why I bring it up is because let's say I had had that big success and I could, let's say the success that you're probably going to have with Uber, I would, probably what I would do is relax and just start cooking. <laughs> That's probably what I would do. So you do like cooking? Oh, well, I kind of do, but I, I, Maybe. Do, I, I don't because it gets in the way of me, of the productivity and all the work that I have to do. But if I could relax, then I would definitely like it and do it. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because I feel very driven to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing something like exercising or cooking, I feel like I'm wasting my time. I should be being product, productive right now. I should be doing some coding. I should be doing some this. If I didn't have to do that. One thing about me is if I go on vacation, like I don't even look at the computer. I'm happy to not look at the computer for the whole vacation. I don't have to get on it. And I, you know, I could retire. Like if, if I could retire, I would retire and I probably would do the, the fun things that I like. And it's interesting. It's like, you know, I, it makes me what makes me think, oh crap, did I just waste the last X number of years? Well, you know, trying you, to focus on build a successful startup rather than just do cooking. <laughs> no, you, <laughs> you like I mean? no, because you like starting something new. You like coming up with a brand. You like writing software. You like right, right. you like all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, in fact, I would say you probably like that more than most anything. I know exactly. You so, like the process of yeah, yeah. building a, a new uh, software product, whether well, it's an app or a website. You love it. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to think of different businesses that are around that. The problem with that that space is that it's not this. It, it's not a recurring thing for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's something they do once. So you may get a customer to give you money. You build a great tool that helps them do that, but it it's not a recurring thing for them, right? Because they just build their startup. They start their startup once, mm-hmm. and you and it's kind of like da- building a dating site, right? You know. The more successful your dating site is, the less customers you have. Right. right. <laughs> because they go out of, you know, they, they hook up with each other and they don't need you anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, uh, you can always just do some consulting on the side and hoard cash. You know, if you're looking to, you know, retire in, you know, five years or 10 years or whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to just make ATM run after ATM run, shovel in an extra 50 grand a year. You know, yeah. that'll help the cause. I mean, you know, you, you, you do have equity in a, in a startup that, you know, modern teacher formerly did you do that's growing and it will at least be, it should be somewhat successful. Yeah. And talking about modern teacher, we're just, uh, we're going through an interesting uh, phase at the moment, ramping up the team in a way that I hadn't expected we were going to ramp up, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. So w- we're not offshoring, we're near shoring. Ah. Have you heard of that? <laughs> so is that well i, I mean the, like, let me just see if i can guess what that is so i i could i i could guess does that mean like mexico but don't don't worry about it, so it could be mexico but it could also be like you know ah, we're going to like some low-cost area of the country where people you can pay people less like somewhere in uh, the san joaquin valley or sacramento or something you know like i don't know i could see either of those yeah you got it really so it's uh it's Mexico, so we. Oh, you are doing Mexico. Mexico, okay, so, so we we we've like interviewed about twenty different companies, and um, found one that we like, and uh, they have, uh, they they're obviously they have a base in uh, te- I think it's Texas, and um, then they have uh, three different locations that they're based in in Mexico, and one of them is Guadalajara. So I think Guadalajara is kind of the tech capital of Mexico. So the way we'll be working with them is 
we will be augmenting our team uh, with those guys and they will basically be work in exactly the same way as the existing developers work like screen sharing it'll be you know slacking how much real how much time. so like you pay a developer here i don't i mean you don't have to tell me what your pay is but I, i'm gonna assume these guys work remotely i'm gonna say they, live about, in, they don't live in they don't live in like new york or san francisco la so you don't pay as much but say you're paying these guys between 80 and 120 grand a year what what for the same level of engineer what would you pay someone in mexico it's basically going to be 30 to 35 percent less that's it that's it right that's, that's not it. a big savings but it's not it's not a huge save well no because it you set the same level of guy yeah so you can so they have these these companies have different levels where they'll, they'll have like a level one engineer a level two engineer a level three and a level four and a level four will be our kind of guys like people like us or people maybe not quite as senior as us, but some very, you know, basically. You don't want people like us writing software. That's I mean, basically, people with six years plus development experience. Yeah, that's right. A diff- that's Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So about six years ago, you're talking to somebody who's like 28. Right, okay. <laughs> so, so basically, those, those kind of people, six, six years plus, it's going to be about 30% less. Than, than interesting experiment to see because our, I mean. I, there's some other benefits, though. It's not just that. What is it? So basically, the other, the you know, apart from price, the other benefit is that it's it's a structured team that can be scaled up and scaled down, right? So you know that's that's a requirement. It's it's much harder to do that if you have like full time staff. Plus, also you don't have to deal with healthcare and some of the permanent perks that you're doing because that's all dealt with yeah, by the other companies, right? And plus, they're overseas. So it's a different thing, right? But they're, no, they're not overseas, but they're over. Well, it's a different country. It's what I mean, yeah. same same thing. I mean, um, but so I don't, it'll be interesting. I'll be, I'll be curious what you find if with the productivity, if if it's like, you know, Jeremy is one of your senior guys, right? Like if 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 one of their senior guys and within three months is a is equivalent to a Jeremy, right? Yeah. And but if they're not, if you say, well, not really. Is it if they're just like are they thirty percent less? Then it's a wash. Right, if they're like fifty percent less, if he's like, well, we'll take two of them to equal a Jeremy, yeah, then it's like, well, you're actually, it's actually a bad trade. So, um, so we we've we've done a lot of due diligence on this, and um, we've interviewed a couple of, and I, I don't want to say the name of the firm because it's not all Fine. finalized, but we we've interviewed a couple of people who have been using, you know, working with these people, and you, they don't just give us people; it doesn't work like that. Basically, we interview them. So it's exactly the same as like a full time person. Yeah, no, I know. There's a there's a there's a company that I uh, am advising CTO for called yeah. Pivot, and they use a company out of Mexico called Itexico. Yeah. And um, it, you know, they interviewed guys, and you know, in fact, I interviewed them for them. I set up the programming challenges, and then you know, talked to them and whatever. And they since and hired the guy away. He's full time. Yeah. But Itexico is a firm like that, and yeah, it was there. They were quality guys although i feel like it was a less than 35 percent discount on our on the on the u.s market rate it was probably probably half that right what i remember that's what i my knowledge of it but but yeah it can work i mean i mean the the, the guy they hired on a pivot he, he's he's a machine yeah right so so that's that's kind of what i'm looking when for. i say machine i mean in the best positive yeah, way he yeah. cranks out he cranks super out. high quality code. he yeah. is good and that's what we're looking for. And so basically, because we're going for the highest level of people, then they're going to, they're, they're collecting and collating 
a lot of resumes of those quality people. It's not just that they have the people ready for you. So we interview them. So the whole thing is going to take a month plus to, to ramp up. Yeah. So then when we go, we're starting off with four people. And when we get those four, we're going to be going and spending a week in Guadalajara, the whole team. And we'll be going through the code base in detail and, and onboarding everyone that way. Um, I'll be interested to hear, you know, three to six months down the road, what your experience is. I mean, you know, it, it, to me, it looks it's an experiment. I mean, I could see it being a success. I could also see it being kind of like a, a the whole spectrum. I could easily look at it and go, you could be like, well, oh yeah, no, yeah. I, no, no, it's, it's, you it's know, there's, 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 but, but like the I said, thing, there's the, there's the culture language thing. There's the fact their company, they have people coming and going. And so they're, their knowledge is not the knowledge of the guy. For so during the during the due diligence phase, we've interviewed two um, people who, like I said, have been working with them for a while, and all those questions we asked them, and um, yeah, it, like bo- both people said that that they were surprised at how well it worked because they'd gone through the interview process and they they'd pick the people, and that there wasn't turnover. You know that it was just kind of basically creating a team that was externalized, mm-hmm. and that they were just great. And that they were wanting, you know, they were wanting to, they've just added developers and built up to teams of 10 kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I hold out high hopes for it. And like I said, we interviewed 20 companies, these these ones we really liked. 20 um, companies? Wow. Yeah, we did a lot. We did a lot of, so that's that. You know, that's that's one teacher. And I'm kind of looking forward to that, excited about You've that. You've been there, what, two and a half years? Yeah, two and a half years now. And you guys are, how many schools are you in now? Um, well, so we cha- we've changed, kind of slightly changed the model. So, um, so we merged with Modern Teacher. Did I tell you? Did I, t- I don't know if I t- you, know, you never talk about this in the show. Oh, okay. I don't think not within, not to in, at any level of detail. Oh, okay. So basically, the, so, so we, we were a technology company, Digidoo, and basically we were doing a great job of making an in-classroom um, platform to deploy kind of in-class learning. Tablet-based. Tablet-based learning, computer-based learning with real-time chat. Um, statistics, you know, the teacher could look on the dashboard and view exactly where it, the kids were in a class. And um, it was just, just great technology. These guys, Modern Teacher, had zero technology, but they all ex-district admin. So one of the- They knew how to work the system, talk the talk. They knew what people needed. They knew what they needed to hear, what they One need, of the guys the ran, they ran to CPS, which is basically Sean, Sean Smith. He He's an ex- head of Chicago public schools, public schools. So, which is the biggest district in America, right? So when, so when he knocks on doors, they open, right? So that, but the problem, the problem for them is that obviously, you know, I guess consulting, the problem is it's not recurring revenue, right? And the problem for us is having a hard time getting in schools. You needed the, you needed the insides, you needed kind of inside people. So yeah, together you're much more powerful than, yeah. Right, so so then they have, um, they basically offer, obviously the consulting, a big, a big part of what they, they've written a book called Teacher as Architect, and a big part of their consulting is to have a lot of consulting material. So what we did is we've changed our platform to have their material inside it. So now our platform has two different contexts. It has the context of you are an adult learning, how to be, how to how to kind of implement digital learning, and then and you're using our platform, and then you will switch to teaching your kids using that same platform with the kids context. So that's what we've done. 
Okay, and, how, and how's it working? Working great. So, you know, like already we're in like 500 schools with the, with the professional learning side of things. Wait, and what does that mean? So, so our platform is kind of accessible to, to 500 schools from a teacher point of view. So before, whereas before we were in maybe 50-ish schools actually being used as an in-class platform. So, but you're not in 500 schools as in-class though. Not yet, but, but it's the, the road is there because, because the teachers are using that and we're, we're doing a lot of sales and. That's so just step one. You get addicted to the crack. Right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You're right. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great strategy. It's a great strategy. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. So see, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like modern, it's not called digital. It's called modern teacher. Now. Modern teacher. So it sounds to me like modern teacher could be a, a, a substantial success, which case, I, think so. yeah. I don't think, I don't know if you need to be stressing out, like trying to figure out like, well, the only way I'm going to retire no, that's or right. be able to have financial independence that's freedom right. is if I have, I launched this with a big startup. It's like, I don't know, man, I think you got a baby that's and a right. wife and a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, I, I might just, if you're feeling like, I just wish I had another 20 grand a year, 30 grand a year. It's like, just do a couple little consulting projects for fun, you know, um, because you know, you have the, you have the network now you have the, the, the reputation you could easily do, you know, stuff like that. Knock out a couple here on a, some weekends and night hours. Knock, and if, if that's what you're looking for. And I could also get a raise. You could know? also get a raise, <laughs> but so you know, possible. but I'm just saying, you know, instead of like stressing yourself out, you know, trying to. No, it's like I said, I mean, my, the, like the main thing I'm thinking about right now is the, is the food. Like right. I wouldn't have any room for anything else. So I wouldn't be making any money from that. Right. You know, so that, is that really good? I mean, how long would you, you, so you just do that for fun though, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm thinking. So, um, yeah, now you're getting a whole, uh, anyway, so. Now I'm getting a whole what? Like list of stuff. What do you mean? Like topics from me. Oh. So, um. Well, this is the, this is just the Justin rundown. I mean, it's been right. two months, so I wanted to get the, get the rundown on. Sure. And then we'll switch over to you. So. Uh, I guess my last thing is um, I was actually just in Chicago and met with um, a texting listener, Danilo Selleck. Oh, yeah. He's been a listener for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, Have you um, met him before? What him? Is this the first time you ever met him with him? Yeah. So he, he's based in Chicago. So we met up and we had a nice uh, evening meal and spoke about the whole light debacle and uh, all the stuff that we've just spoken about right now and a bunch of other just interesting topics and I kind of ended up in the same place. Do things you like. Yeah. You know, the do things you like phase. I think that's, I think that's my new th- new learning. Do things you like. Yeah, that's. I, I've always kind of chosen that over doing things for money most of the time. You know. So this is where I have to refute you about what you said about the show because I like the show. I like doing the show. So do things you like would include the show. Okay. That's why I need to refute you about that. And I don't want, I don't want like my legacy of the show to be that it fizzled out because you thought that I'd lost complete interest in it. Just like that would irritate the shit out of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do things you like. Texting would fall under that purview. So that's what well, I, mean, should. I mean, you know, I, I tell you what, let's hear from our listeners. I mean, 
do we wrap it up or do they want us to continue? I mean, you know, like I said, you know, we've, we've had this talk a couple times in the past couple of years. If you're interested in doing it on a regular, consistent basis, and then I'm willing to do it. If you're sort of like, it's more if about, you can take it or leave it, then I'm just not it's so interested. About, it's not about that. The reason why I don't text you or something is because there's so much shit going on in my life. And it's like a pain. It's a, it is a pain in the ass, but I like it. I like it, but it's a pain. <laughs> do you understand? Like, like, we'll be going down to George's parents. You know, I'll be working on light. There'll be various different things happening. And to set aside... See, the other thing that you probably don't appreciate, you, and I don't think you understand, is that every time we record a show, Georgie has to go out for two hours and find something to do. Like, she goes to the shops, she walks around the shops, she goes to her sister's. And so we are impositioning her for every show that we create. Right. You don't. You won't record the show at your house because you don't want to imposition. No, no. Your the reason I went to my house is because our air conditioning broke. Right. And I have to. Have, I have this portable air conditioning unit right. in my office. It's the only way. If I don't have that, and it's been like a hundred degrees, so either we're going to. It's going to be like recording in a furnace, or it's going to be so noisy we can't record it. I mean, I have no problem recording in there if it wasn't. Uh, if that wasn't the problem. It I just, mean, because if I, did, because if I didn't have to kick Georgie out of the house every time we did a show, like, it would be infinitely easier for me and I, I wouldn't, like, dodge it on the weekends. You know what I mean? That's, it, that's the reason why that's happening. Not because of no interest. Because you're trying not to cause problems with Georgie. You want to cause problems at, yeah, exactly. And, and I've also got a shitload on my plate. So, ha, so you know, help me solve that problem. <laughs> well i don't know i mean like make make your your house available well we can either a <laughs> because i can just i can jump in an uber like there's a lot of spare time that i have I, right like i said until it, it until, right it, until it cools off enough to be in my office to be without air conditioning i mean it's just brutally hot um or well, it'd be maybe by the end of our maybe end of next month it'll be cool enough i mean otherwise i i, I don't have the you know what's going to cost us fifteen thousand dollars to to, to replace the, front, uh, the air conditioning in our place, which we well, don't have. we could get those donations. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> let's get 50000 uh, in Jason, a new AC <laughs> unit for it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. I mean, or, or another another donation we could get is like a place to do it, you know? I don't know. Where would you do it? I don't know, in like a bloody hotel or something. A hotel. Record like <laughs> in a hotel room. <laughs> this is a little sorted. A conference room somewhere. Already, yeah. All right. And so, and you know, and the reason why I don't have topics when we show up is because I'm bloody busy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you get you give me a bad rap and you piss me off earlier. Well, yeah, I'm just you know, <laughs> as we talked about for the show. I mean, I I tend to be direct. I'll just tell you what you know. The, for better or worse, but my personality is direct, and you're not right. I don't know. I think most people, if they had listened to the last thirty shows, they would say, yeah. Most shows, Justin shows up, doesn't really have many topics. But that doesn't, once again, without wanting to be a dead horse, that doesn't mean what you stated. Like, you, your assumption was that that meant, oh, he's not interested, he doesn't want to do the show anymore. That's, that's not a correct eh, assumption. I don't know. So anyway, let's, let's move on. I think. All right, well, I think I've, I've ta- spoken a you lot. You got anything so. else? <laughs> um, no, I'm, that's me, I'm done. All right. Um... So, let's see. What was the last thing? 
I talked about. I don't, see, I uh, I couldn't print out a list of topics because I lost internet connectivity this morning, and so I couldn't yeah. even get anything off. Uh, you know, so. Oh, I do have something else. Okay. Um, <clears throat> remember my my um my blog post Entreporn. Yes. So I got an I got an email from a guy called Aaron Francis. Who, Aaron Francis used to be a listener. Yeah. He still is. I guess I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's I guess he still right, is a listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's made, doing his own podcast, uh, musicmakers.fm. Okay. And what he does is he reads through blog posts that have he's found highly influential. Oh, that have right. Made a difference to him. That's right. He did that to me. Uh, he read uh, Lux Surface Area. Right. So he did Entreporn? Yeah, he did Entreporn. And. Cool. Um, he spoke about he, he like had a great analysis of it and um, spoke about how it really applied to something that he'd done you know some mistakes he'd made in his life. What was if you had uh, what's the synopsis of Entreporn for anyone who doesn't remember? Uh, basically, the synopsis of Entreporn is that um, like Silicon Valley, the press, all of the all of the players involved in promoting, I guess, tech news, like to talk about Facebook. Or, you know, basically the billion dollar idea is the unicorns. They're, they're obsessed talking about the unicorns and it kind of like motivates and encourages developers to build unicorns and to spend their times working on unicorns. And Entreporn was basically saying, you know, this, this, that is entrepreneur's porn. That's why it's called Entrepreneur, Entreporn, porn by Amy Hoy. And so uh, the main argument I was making was just build a, a small little thing like a plugio, you know. If everyone did that, it would make, first of all, it would, it would teach you all the aspects of, business because you'd be working not just on ideas but you'd be working on getting customers and all those things and so just do that don't worry about it because you know how they how how do they deride lifestyle businesses in uh in silicon valley oh it's a lifestyle business you'll only make a million a year and david hanemeyer hansen had a great talk about that as well which he he had referenced in his uh, podcast and he he streamed some of uh david hanemeyer hansen's talk and he was saying the same thing is like they call this lifestyle business, but I'm making, you know, like five million or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's just a, it, and it, it sends people down rabbit holes. And in fact, the truth is, it sent me back down that same rabbit hole. Yeah. If you think about it, that's the rabbit hole that I've been going down. Yep. The exact rabbit hole. You, you didn't read, you didn't take your own advice. As, as so I think often said, I think I heard a great point that wisdom is taking your own advice. Yeah. Wisdom <laughs> is, uh, you teach best what you need to learn, right? Yeah, people know. <laughs> we all, most of us know what we need to do. It's just, do you have the self-control to do it? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Well, uh, that's, yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I met Aaron once at uh, MicroConf. Yeah. When, yeah. So, which has been, we haven't been there in a couple of years. That was a while ago. All right, that's it. I think that's me done now for reals. All right, cool. Well, do you want me to just start talking, or do you want to ask me questions, or what? Well, I mean, I guess we we want to know. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what startups are you currently working on. What, if any? Are you I'm working on work- any startups, or did no. you? You asked all the startups. You know, actually, that's a good, reasonable, good point. So there was one uh, startup that. A Uber driver pitched me a couple years ago. It's probably even two and a half years ago, maybe longer. Um, and I thought it was a clever idea. Well, actually, the original idea I wasn't crazy about, but we we met for sushi, and by the end of dinner, um, I thought we had got it down to a pretty cool concept. And then um, 
the name and it basically the idea was being able to make donations through your smartphone okay and it would be it would be a lot i would allow you uh to, so if you were raising money doing a fundraising you would could quickly like on the fly create a campaign and it would immediately go out to everybody who's part of your group church pta whatever and they could uh, then, you know, give through their phone and it would track everything and you could have all kind of kind of gamify it. You could do all kind of good stuff. And um, and, I, and I came up with what I thought was really good. Actually, you helped me think of the name. The idea is the name is Givtronic. You initially, we were going out with list names. You came with Giftronic, which I thought was close, but I thought Givtronic was uh, a cleaner, simpler way of doing it. So I, so I got the domain and give, Givtronic.com and... And, but I've just been so busy with other stuff that I just never really, um, made the time to work on it. And I think also it was one of those things where, you know, it just really was something I was passionate about. I like, I like, I, it's one of the things like you would talk to somebody about, like I would say, oh, that's a good idea and get kind of excited about the brand. But it's like, do am I really myself? Is that my dream to work on something like that? No. Yeah. You know, if somebody else is doing a, uh, a project i would be happy to be an advisor you know um but i i don't necessarily want to spend months of my time much less years working on it doing it just because i have other things that i am passionate about right yeah. and as for the derek sivers it's either hell yes or no you know right and the things you like yeah exactly and um so I've been dragging this out for a long time, paying the LLC fee every year. So I've been paying the LLC, LLC fee <laughs> franchise because that's like a thousand dollars a year. And you know we have the bank account, uh, you know the LLC. I'm paying the accounting fees. I've done and and because I've been guilty because because I felt guilty because not being able to actually work on it, I just pay for everything. Mm-hmm. And so I, I created a fifty fifty partnership with this with this guy, and. He wants to go out and sell. He's like, oh, I've talked to many people. Everybody's so excited. When can you build this thing? And you know, can you have time now? Do you have time now? And I keep pushing off and it just keeps, and I'm just like, okay, I need to find somebody else to build this. I'm not, I'm, it's, I, I clearly not going to do it. You know, um, could I carve out time to work on it? I could, but I either want to spend time, either I need to spend time on Uber or I want to spend time working on the math class or the math academy or whatever, and I don't really want to spend time doing anything else. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I, you know, a lesson I've learned many times in my life, which is that I, when I do too, I take on too many things, I say yes to too many people because, you know, I want to help people out, I want to be a good guy, but then I end up screwing myself over because then I, I have a burden on my shoulder of, of, of doing all this stuff that I don't have time for. And then I, you know, spend a lot of time feeling guilty or, not doing the things that I ne- really need to be doing, you know, or that I really want to be doing. So if you're listening to the show and you're like, hey, I'm kind of itching for a project, send me an email because this is like a plug and play thing. I think we got a, I think we got a good concept that's real, that we could have something um, that we could build a, a mobile web app or that we could test out pretty quickly with not a lot of coding. I have someone who's ready to run out there and do all the legwork and um and he initially wants to go talk to a bunch of churches because he's he's a you know he's big in his church and they have a huge congregation and all the people you know who run the church want to use it and he's talked to all these other you know uh churches and so immediately you know 
we'd find out really quickly it would work. So if you're if you're like if you know how to build a mobile web app or want to and want to, you know, invest, I don't know, a couple months, learn some code, send me an email and then we work on, you know, rewriting. I'll take you one step further. If you if you want to do that and you've been thinking about titanium, I've got the basics of a framework to make building web apps kind of faster. Yeah, but it can't be a um, it can't be an actual app because you the, uh, the app store doesn't approve actual mobile apps they want to prove you can't donate you can't have apps that donate oh so it has to be a website it has to be a website oh okay so and it's this is it's pretty it, the first version would be pretty basic so um anyway hmm. I, I think if you know I, I think i think we have a lot of listeners who are like oh i'd love to write some code but i don't have the time either i don't have an idea that i think is your work i don't have the time to do the business side of it and all that crap, but you know, hey, I can write some code. Like mm-hmm. this is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly how it can look. Look, we can just mock out the screens and just like here's a here's an MVP, and um, this guy, the guy's name's Matt Nagy, and and, and Nagy can just run out and he can just run with it. Cool. And then I, because he deserves something, but I just don't have the time to do it. Wonder why they don't do donation apps. That seems weird. I think it might be too easy for maybe it feels too easy for scams. You know, I don't, I don't know. I want it. So who, how are you going to, um, going to get, do it through Stripe? Sure. Yeah. Does Stripe accept that? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'd be pretty basic. I don't think you have to get really cute with it. And, you know, I, I know a lot of the technology pieces of how they would play out. So I could just say, Hey, just do X, Y, and Z. And I could kind of guide you through if you're not hundred percent clear on how to do certain parts of it. But, um, anyway, I've been meaning to I've been meaning to say this is the show for like three months, you know, or, or longer, but I keep forgetting, and then we haven't done a show in a while. So, so okay, so that's your last startup. That was so. give. Oh, and then remember Empath. I remember Empath, and yeah, but that was another. Was one of them. So remember the three. You know, this, this like, is the year of no. This, these were the, these were these were all from two thousand things that I was cutting off two thousand fourteen yeah. and Empath, and um. So what happened with Empath? Uh, Lola, who was doing it, I hooked her up with an with a another developer. Just yeah. like this, and I and it was Ben, and I said, "Look, I'll just be an advisor." A texting listener? Uh, no, he was actually a friend of a friend, and uh, this guy, he, long story, but I, uh, he got in contact with me, and I, I uh, suggested it to him. I said, "Look, if you're should go meet with Lola. You live in San Francisco. Go meet with her." Yeah. Um, and so they did, and you know, it's kind of interesting. Like they kind of were getting started on stuff, and then. You know, I, I don't know. It's like it's I'm not exactly sure what it is. I think it's those things that she has a full time job and she's a single mother. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not sure that's a recipe for right. getting something. Going. That's a lot of there's a lot of time. Yes, yeah, right exactly. There. I just don't. I mean, I think she shares custody or whatever. But regardless, you just don't have a lot of time. And so I don't know what's going on with that. I haven't got an update. I About a month ago, I. I, you know, I emailed uh, Ben and I said, so what's the latest? He's like, well, you know, I, you know, so he left one of his job and he's doing consulting work. But he's like, now I have some time to do it. So I'm going to meet with Lola later this week and we're going to talk about it. But I haven't heard anything. So I don't know. So I've, okay. I sort of took, I said, look, I'll just be an advising CTO. Advising. I'm like, if you want me, I'm like, you know, if you guys want to do it yourself, fine. But like, no, no, we want you advising. I'm like, okay, I'll be advising CTO. I'll help, you know, bridge the gap between Ben, pure developer and Lola and, um, you know, whatever. And again, I could do the same kind of thing with, with Giftronic. Yeah. Or not. If someone says, hey, Jason, you know, I'll do it, but I don't want you involved. 
fun. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't, I, you know, but, um, and then a kryptonite was that, that, uh, crypto exchange we did, but we shut that down like a year and a half ago. I mean, we actually never lost the exchange at once. There was just so much. What are your thoughts on Bitcoin now? Um, you know, what's interesting. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think that it's really interesting from a, um, like an alternative currency. Mm. I think the blockchain for like smart transactions and stuff for like track, it might be interesting in 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 the financial area. I also think it, I think it might be more of an interesting alternative payment mechanism. Right. Kind of like a PayPal credit card kind of thing. You know, you can just pay using Bitcoin. And I think it's, um, it's going to kind of like reach critical mass and take off. I think it's just growing. Like if you look at it, it's still it's like $260, you know, for one Bitcoin, right? Well, that's so, not the point. I, I mean, do you no, think- no, I'm just saying, I mean, yeah. so yeah, so there's a couple of things, but it's been slowly growing. More and more merchants have been taking up and it's yeah. just one of those things. See, things interest me when not everybody's paying attention to it. Right. This is the time when you when when you buy stuff up and you go, you really do your in-depth analysis and you go, okay, so everybody thinks this is dead. Everybody thinks this is stupid. Yeah. Everything is old news. But it's still there. Mm. And things are happening. And this is an opportunity to buy stuff cheap or do stuff. That's when Tesla, it's like, you know, I when I initially first started talking about Tesla. That was back was thirty bucks, and everybody was like, "Wow, that's my shorted stock in the thing in the in the Nasdaq." And it's like, you know, but that's when things are interesting. It's when everyone else thinks it's a bad idea. It's sort of, you know, like um, it's like my my favorite. I guess my saying, but I like to say it is is you know, there's no edge in the status quo. Another way of sort of being sort of pro-contrarianism. It's like, that's when you're going to find an opportunity. When everybody's getting excited about something, it, the ship has sailed, man. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be chasing something up with, with the market. That's, that's, that's just your sign. They get, then you're sort of like the greater fool theory. That's you're going to get slaughtered. You know, so I just, you know. So, are you it, saying the Bitcoin now is a good time? Yeah, this would be an opportunity to, to enter to, the market. To, no, to, 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 to sit, to take a, uh, 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 a deep look at it again and because look at see what's going like, on it's in such a lull right i'm not saying buy bitcoin per se i'm saying look at the space the space now yeah. yeah this would be the time to look at it when a lot of when a lot of bitcoin companies went bankrupt and people the investment cuties lost something's interest. going to come out that's going to yeah. kind of launch it hasn't it. gone away yeah this stuff is growing what's happening yeah that's and it's still being used purchasing still happening with it things are still happening with it why are things mm-hmm. happening with it what is happening with it you know what's the potential future so um Volumes going up, I believe. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, that's that's sort of my perspective on it. But remember that one guy predicted it was going to go down to nothing or whatever? Oh, yeah. And that's like, well, he was... He said it was going to be worth 10 bucks. Of course, he was... Yeah, totally wrong. Completely wrong. Um, okay. So, all right. So that's all your startup news. And then I guess the big news is going to be from the math. The math, math academy. Math academy. So what's, what's going on with that? So the last we... Sp- Spoke. Um, I was meeting with the, uh, some people at the district um, about the possibility about the future of my particular group of kids, about teaching them their class, and then also potentially expanding it out to the concept um, throughout the district. It's sort of this radical acceleration idea, and so that is still on the table. 
we're looking to have a hand, a, a number of private i mean i'm sorry a number of pilot um classes going on at some of the schools in the district and um i don't know if it's going to be three schools 10 schools what um but we're going to send a pitch out probably next week to some of the principals and it would look to start in sort of in, in sometime in october um so we do it in october and uh it would t- 10 weeks in the fall and then 10 weeks in the spring and it would be one day a week pull out for the fourth grade and two weeks, uh, two days a week for the fifth grade. And starting with sixth grade through eighth grade, the idea would be three days a week of pull-out. So it wouldn't be an act. So the big thing that's gone on with, that we were trying to work around um, was trying to get it so that I could teach these kids five days a week. And the real, there was a number of bureaucratic hurdles having to do with credentialing, having to do with unions, having to do with budgets, having to do with all kinds of stuff. And... The bottom line is that just wasn't going to happen. But what we think can happen is that we could do a three-day-a-week pullout as an enrichment. So they're still coded to, they're still sitting in their sixth or seventh grade math class, which they have to, you know, for, and they, so they can still get a grade from the teacher and they still take the end-of-year assessment, which they all kind of have to do. But three days a week, they leave and go down the hall and I teach them the more advanced stuff. Mm. So... I think that's a, a reasonable compromise. In fact, I was a little frustrated, but Sandy was happy because she thinks five days a week is too much. She's like, three days is not a bug, it's a feature. <laughs> you know, so she's like, that's great. So um, when they take the, the kind of their own grade, you know, for the regular class, they're going to just be like, what, 100% on that? Yeah, unless they, you know, like for instance, Colby and their, all the, the, the group, so there's seven kids left of the school. Yeah. So I had 18, and four, 18 or 19 in fourth grade. I had, Started with 14, finished with 12 last year, and I have seven now because kids leave to private schools and other public schools. So I'm now down to seven. And the seven kids, um, you know, I think they said they all like ace the test. One girl said she kind of messed up because it was just, you know, it's easy to make silly mistakes, you know. And, you know, I mean, if I gave you a, uh, you know, sheet of long division problems, you might make a couple mistakes. Sometimes you don't know how to do it, but it just, or maybe you don't know how to do it. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, you know, even people who know how to do stuff can make arithmetic mistakes. And uh, sometimes the problem is, is that you make the assumption they just don't have to do it. It's just like, you know, you make mistakes. Kids are not as conscientious yeah. as adults and it's not necessarily. Well, they're still going to be like a 90 plus percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm hoping to get my class started in a, with another week or two. Yeah. Um, and, but next, the next, so things are going to be busy this month because if we get this pitch out to these other the principals of the other schools and we have some takers for the pilot, then I have to go and hire some instructors. Instructors will likely be college um, undergraduates in Caltech. math and physics. Yeah. Maybe some from Caltech, maybe some from some other schools. I mean, Caltech's small. So um, that might be one reason to start with only a handful of schools as opposed to doing 10 or 12 schools because it may be hard to find that many people and train them this soon. Because unfortunately, a lot of these schools don't actually um, start until October. And so they're not even here yet. Okay. They're not even in the city. So I can't even, there's no, there's no, you can't even recruit them, which just interview them or anything or hire them or whatever. So that's kind of why everything's a little bit delayed. So it's still coming together. So one of the things I did though, is I spent the summer writing a, a web application that will. Um, that balloon? 
Well, it took a lot of the concepts from SnapLearn, but it's really driven around, um, you know, the class, which has you know, instructors and students assigned to it. And then there is an assignment that's graded that has covered, you know, one or two ton, you know, one to three new topics. Let's say one or two topics typically. And then, you know, to pull out questions randomly from a database, starting with lower difficulty and going up. And then it will pull questions using space learning from previous mm. mastered concepts. And then if they miss a problem, it'll step down the difficult, it'll show the solution and then it'll step down the difficulty and say, okay, let's try a simpler one. And if they're still missing them, well, it'll go back and go to prerequisite or show here's a video, yeah. link to a video or whatever and how to do it. And um, so I've been working, I spent, that was basically my summer project. And the reason I did it is I was, you know, because I did it all manually last year creating problem sets all year long is it done it is uh mostly done yeah i it's just i i'm just like in these the uh you know ssl certificate and uh, did you get the kids to test it did you get COVID to i know it? it's not there so i'm going to try to test it over the next week or two with yeah. with the, with the kids um so um yeah so that's so the reason i did it is because if i'm going I, I'm doing the whole manual thing with the space learning was really um, time consuming and it would be yeah. great if it was just sort of done automatically and if the the website could do it automatically, right? You log yeah. in, here's your assignment. It knows exactly what Colby struggled with. It knows exactly what Riley struggled with and the culture. They have it. It's like they have like a DNA of every and have every question from every topic and every level of difficulty that they missed or whatever right and so it can always optimize and say okay well this would be the prime time to ask the goal a level three inequalities problem or a level four you know algebraic you know whatever so um but if i'm gonna if i'm sort of charged with sort of overseeing and setting up this this math academy with all these other um schools like how am i gonna stay on top of that yeah how do i know so how kids help. are doing how you i know to if they, scale it yeah so the, the, the app will do that so that's basically what I spent my time doing. And that's kind of like what I have, you know, my passion is getting this thing up and going. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's, so that's pretty much all I'd say. Uh, the only thing I would say is, so I've been meeting with the kids still on Sundays though. So we meet at Penguin's Ice, uh, the yogurt shop down in South Pass. So we do for an hour and a half and, um, and uh, you know, just once, so just once a week to kind of get them cover review, all their algebra stuff. And uh, because I think what they're going to do is, because these kids were never, there was never a generic test given to these kids to select them out or were just sort of picked out based on some standardized tests and there's no record of that. The the district and school officials are like, well, we should have any kid who wants to take this class have the opportunity to test into it and these kids should have to test into it. So I've been like, all right, well, we better get you guys back up to speed because they haven't done anything since May. Yeah. So that's kind of what's going on with that. Um, so the other thing that's kind of... Uh, interesting um so a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago i was in the car with colby and i was i, I kind of remarked i said you know my leg is i think it's getting better i think i want to get back to strength training oh so operation superhero might be back into effect and so he and colby's in the vaccine he's like well if you're strength training then i'm strength training <laughs> <laughs> nice. and so um he uh so we so he, you know, obviously he's been excited about it. He's been talking about, when, you know, when he can start strength training for a long time. And he keeps grabbing these dumbbells that I have for rehab, you know, like eight-pound dumbbells that I have sitting around the my bedroom. And he'll be like, oh, what if I do this? What if I do that? I'm like, Colby, don't. 
to start doing stuff for him or yourself. And, and, you know, he's watching videos on the web. And so finally Sandy comes into my office. She's like, you need to do something with him. Cause he won't stop talking about it. Like you need to figure something out to do with him. Cause I kept telling him like, well, when you're 14 or 15, maybe we'll do it. When you get to high school, you know, because that was sort of the, um, that, that's sort of the, the common wisdom is like kids, Kids could start lifting weights when they're in high school. He's too young. Or he's too young in theory, right? He's too young, right? And, you know, there's, you know, it stunts their growth or whatever. Da, da, da. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to do some research and find out, you know, how, how old can kids start strength training? And sure enough, I started reading it. American Medical Association, two thumbs up. There's a big study done. Said they can start as young as seven or eight, as long as they're supervised and they do them, they do them correctly and you don't overtrain them. You know, basically don't do anything stupid. Basically the same stupid things you wouldn't do as an adult. It's great. Strengthens their bones, strengthens their muscles, strengthens your cardiovascular system. It makes them more resilient to injury. It uh, reduces body fat. All great things. Yeah. And um, and the Mayo Clinic, big thing. They said, yeah, it's great. And so, you know, it's funny. I'd even gone up to a couple of one of his coaches at different times. And I said, yeah, I'm thinking about doing strength training with Colby. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll only do body weight and don't do this, don't do that. It's just utter bullshit. Like they have no idea. They're yeah. just spouting the same crap everybody else does. It's like, it's just wrong. And so I was like, all right. So apparently you can. Colby's about to turn 11. And so I started him doing um, push ups and pull ups and sit ups and body squats and just like getting his body used to doing this exercise without weight or with like this 10 pound dumbbell. And sure enough, he's sore as hell. He's like, I'm like, how you feel? He's like, oh, I can really walk. And I'm like, yeah, I feel it, huh? And um, so, but he, I mean, he just is like fired up. And, and, and so I was doing a lot of research. I'm like, all right, well, we got to get some weights. I mean, you can only do body weight exercise for so long because once your body just adapts to doing the exercise, then pretty soon you have to do 20 push-ups or 30 push-ups. And anything over like 10 or 12, you're not really building strength. You're just kind of building stamina or yeah. burning calories or whatever. Maybe a little hypertrophy, you know, um, but it's not, it's not going to do the substantial strength. So Kobe plays tackle football and he plays baseball. Both can benefit greatly from increased power. And so I'm like, all right, we're going to do strength training. We're going to focus on power, which is strength plus speed. Mm -hmm. We're going to do speed work and we're going to do strength training. And which is exactly the same thing I'm doing with Operation Superhero, right? right. It's the exact same. Increasing your vertical jump is increasing your power. If you increase your power, then you're going to be able to blow people up off the line in football, and you're about to hit those home runs. Those triples going to home runs, those doubles going to become triples. And it all comes through the hips and the legs and the glutes and mm-hmm. in the core. And it said, so, you know, and I've just been doing tons of research on it. I'll, stuff that I'd read before, I should be rereading everything, rereading all the original studies. I'm like, all right. So I was doing a bunch of research and um, trying to like, well, what equipment should I buy? And like, weightlifting equipment is expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to like, where the hell am I going to put this? Because we live in a condo. Yeah. We don't have a garage. I mean, we have an underground parking. We have a park. You have two parking spaces. In the they aren't even next to each other, right? Yeah. So initially, I was like going to see if I could buy something and maybe put it in front of our parking space, something that was small. That, but then it's just, it'd be kind of hard to get it down there. We just, there's no space and it's not even like even. It's kind of on a slope. And so, so then I started thinking, I was like, okay, if we just get a utility bench, just the bench and a bar and some plates and and a hex bar so we can actually do some hex bar deadlifts and stuff then we can probably get that you know in and initially i was looking and i was like it's going to cost it's, even that it's going to cost like over a thousand dollars but then 
either you can buy the you can buy the crappy stuff from like Kmart kind of stuff, which would cost you two hundred fifty three hundred bucks, and it's just garbage. Yeah. Or you can spend legitimate stuff, which doesn't cost you a thousand dollars. But then I have finding some stuff on Walmart of all places. They actually have this kind of like it's actually a good brand. Hmm. It's not premium brand, but it's good. And I got the whole thing for like three hundred eighty bucks. Oh, great! Yeah, and it's really it's good stuff. So I'm like, because I'm like, I'm not gonna spend thousand dollars for an eleven year old. Where are you putting it then? So. Only place I got in my office. Yeah. In the bad case. Yeah. So was it yesterday morning? Sandy goes, so guess who's up rearranging the office at seven o'clock in the morning? <laughs> she's <laughs> like, I heard this banging around. And she's like, what is that noise? She walks in and Kobe's moving boxes around because he's like, we're going to put the bench here. We can do everything there. <laughs> and so cool. I, I, I was uh, I had basically rearranged everything. It's just like we need the space. It's a gym slash office now. It's gonna, happen. it's gonna happen. We're gonna have to be compact, but I just right. So, so I'm getting back myself, starting doing deadlifts and squats and all that stuff. I still can't lift an upper body because I still have a, a strain. Uh, are you are you doing elbow. it in the office though? No, you're no you're, no no. You're doing it in a professional gym with Phil, right? Yeah. So I I uh, so Phil when Phil moved out, you know he's been you know in strength training for a while and everything. So I was like, right, will you come out? One of the things that we plan to do together is we're going to work out together every day. And, and, uh, he's like, and I, I couldn't say, Hey, come on, we'll go join the 24 hour fitness, which is like the McDonald's of fitness. Okay. Well, LA fitness is like McDonald's. It's like the subway, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's all right, but I mean, it's not anything special and it's really crowded. A lot of people. And, and I'm like, all right, well, if you come out, we're gonna have to join a really nice gym. And the really, the, the, the gym in Pasadena is, is Equinox. It's like 150 bucks a month. So it's really expensive, so I call it the fill tax. <laughs> so it's like twenty hour fitness. I'm not saying that Equinox is a lot nicer, but but what did was it Phil who in, insisted? Yeah, he wasn't going to join Twitter. He didn't say it. I I didn't even like didn't have to ask him. Ask him. I just like let's just do Equinox. I dragged your butt back. I you moved out to Pasadena. I'll pay out for a really nice gym. Okay. You know, it's three blocks from where he lives. I said let's just join a nice gym. We'll work out there. You know, because I want to, I want to move out here because he's my buddy, and I don't want him to move away because ah, Pasadena sucks. Working out this crappy twenty-four fitness. I like. All right, let's make this experience cool. You got an awesome loft, New York style loft in downtown Pasadena, Old Town, three blocks away is Equinox. Like, let's. I'm trying to set it up so his experience is really positive. And have you have you been wor- uh, working out together? Yeah, I work out every day. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, um, but we've just been cardio because I haven't been able to really train. I'm just like, he's, has he been cardio as well? Or? Yeah, I pulled him and did in the cardio with me. Because like we've been both, so we've been both cutting, trying to um, lose weight. So I'm, I'm down. So we're doing like a fat loss competition. Oh, nice. So we went and got, we went into uh, my nutritionist and we got our body fat measured and, you know, on so we, and then we had a five week follow up just last week. Right. He lost, he lost less than I did. I think he lost like four pounds and I lost like seven. And like, majority of it was fat some of it was little we both lost a little bit of muscle and of course there's water loss but he had a friend visit for like a week week and that just totally the first week of our competition he's a friend from out of town because right. like the whole week not working out and just eating out and drinking and of course that just killed <laughs> that's his. gonna screw you so i'm yeah. like all right we won i won phase one or uh so we're you know so i'm down for what 202 did 194 and so now i'm like now, now we're trying to not trying to break 190 so trying to really get back into it but so now I'm training Colby twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays just at home. And then uh, 
and I'm, you know, working out with Phil. What's funny is with, 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 um, Colby, you know, we're, we're tracking everything on the spreadsheet and we actually measured his vertical jump. He was in the jump mat. We measured his standing broad jump. We're actually going to measure it, take his 40 yard dash. Cause this is obviously all for the purpose yeah. of being a better athlete. Yeah. And, um, so it'll be really fun to see the progression and he's really into it. You know, it's, it's not like I'm like, Oh, Colby, you should really strength train or this or that. I would kind of, oh, he's, he's obsessed with it. Well, you know, Phil jokingly calls me a horse cause he says I get horsey about stuff. I get really into stuff. Right. Mad, you know, and he's like, yeah, Colby's like son of a horse, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a horse, right? Like, <laughs> you know, when he's up at seven o'clock moving boxer on the office, like that's a horse, right? Right. You're being horsey. Like you can't just like sit back. Oh, the weights will be here. Let me know. He's, First thing he gets up, like, oh, where are we going to? And he's already, like, inventing his own training protocols. Well, I should do this. I should have my Colby. I got it. <laughs> I got the ultimate. And we're going to be safe. And we're going to progress slowly. We're going to do everything. Get your, you know, you know, whatever. You're in, in season in football. You can't make it too sore. No, well, you don't want to, like, snap a tendon or something. Yeah, and he's, um, you know, football is just crazy. Because he, um, so, he, we switched programs from a uh he was with the Pasadena Panthers this year and now he's with the Trojans which are in a different league and um and uh this new team you know they're off to a good start and win their games and everything but Colby is he's starting on offense and defense and on special teams so he literally goes out of the field like for like five plays so he which is great I mean it's great for him and really because last year was a struggle he didn't get as much playing time with this other team because it was his first year and everything this year He's like, he's one of the captains and he just literally does not come off the field. Like every time they're supposed to come off, you know, like the offense is supposed to come off the field and he just, yeah. he runs half off the field and he runs back on and then he runs halfway. I'm like, Colby, just stay on the field. Like I'm over at the standing are on the stands watching. I'm like, why does he keep running off the field? He's not going to be taking off. Just <laughs> coach, you just tell me when I'm going out. I'm just going to zoom out here. Yeah. So that's been great for him. So I've been really happy for him because he's having a blast, but he's absolutely blown out on Sunday, like next two days. I mean, when you play, Almost every down in a football game, you're beat up and just exhausted because it's yeah. been like 90 degrees or whatever on football pads. So I'm like, all right, we got to work around that. Like you can't, you can train two days a week. We're not going to train too much. How's he doing at the football? Right. I mean, he's like, he's one of the captains. He, They're liking him. Oh, it's great. Like he, um, so like on defense, he, he, he plays one of the, uh, right. He plays like right tackle, I guess, on defense and just right on the, Defensive line, and he, um, which was all about power. So, any getting strong, any any more strength or power increase is going to have very direct um, positive impact on his game. So, the team we we're playing against, they were going to tie up the uh, tie up the game, and they are on our goal line. And it was first down. We're like, oh crap! And it's near the end of the game, and it's like, you know, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that happen a few times. Colby busts through the line. The, the the running back gets the ball. Colby runs the ball and he knocks the ball out of the strips the ball from the running back and then we recover the ball. So basically saves the touchdown. It was wow. huge. And then in this game, they call that a turn. Is it is it a turn? What is it? Turn, uh, it's a well, it's a turnover, turnover or a yeah. uh, a fumble yeah. turn turnover. Um, ball. So and then in this game, this almost the same thing happened. They they got it down to um our like goal line one yard line. They had taken the offensive the starting offensive line out for a couple of plays because they have to get some of these other guys in. They have the minimal number of plays they have to play. And then they were like down the one-yard line, and so they put Colby and, and Jaden, who are the main two defensive guys in there, and then Colby busts through the line and sacks the quarterback. 
knocks him back seven yards. And then the second time we go back again and tackle him back like three yards and whatever. So wow. when, he, when he sacks the quarterback, he jumps up and does this Ray Lewis, like, you know, juts his knee out and he goes, yeah, kind of the predator thing. <laughs> <laughs> and all the parents have to start cracking up. Like, look at that kid. When they come to the dance school, like, did you teach him that? I'm like, no, no, that's YouTube, dude. <laughs> that's YouTube. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he's, he loves baseball, but football is something else. Like he just, he would sleep in his pads. He just. Does he have heroes in football? Like this, this. Yeah. I think Ray Lewis and Marshawn. He's always, there's these guys like Odell, who's like one of these players who does the one-handed catches and right, okay. Marshawn Lynch and uh, Russell Wills. <laughs> I don't, you know, whatever. These are all the current active players, but um, I think ultimately he wants to be a, um, he wants to be a linebacker. And then the, the, the challenge that we have is unlike like in soccer or in baseball, there's just tons of teams. And so the, 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 the athleticism gets sort of really watered down and, and could spread out among just 30 teams. Well, here you got like two <laughs> in a city yeah. of 200,000 people. Yeah. And so the athletic, it's like going from division three, to division one. I mean, the athletic ability is crazy. These kids right. are really fast. And, you know, most of Colby's baseball teams, whatever, he was the fast guy. Yeah. Well, he's not even fast enough on this team to be a linebacker, which is sort of surprising, but it, it's true. I was like, I'm like, yeah, these guys are just, so I'm like, all right, we have so he's to He's in every you... play, but he's not the position that he wants. He's not the position he wants. I mean, he, he, Funny. he, yeah. I mean, that's what I was talking about. He's like, cause he wants to play um, linebacker and this sounds like, Colby, listen, it's your second year. You're literally playing over every, <laughs> you're playing more than anybody. You're playing more than the co- either the coach's sons I said, granted, you're not playing linebacker, but you were the captain. You're playing every play. I was like, let's just go with that. You know, what, be, what, be, why does he want to be linebacker? What's the thing about it? That- um, you get more tackles because, like, if you're on the line, you yeah. get caught. I mean, it's fun because you're physical. Every play, you're just like trying to bust through and stuff. Yeah. But the linebackers, I'll, I get to see the running back or the play, and they get kind of shift and run through and blitz, and they get a lot more. They get more tackles. Um, and so he wants. He doesn't. Oh, he wants to. Oh, he's a defense. He wants to. He wants to. He, wants to, he, wants to, he, he, calls, he wants to blow, bring people down. He wants to blow people up. <laughs> blow them up. Basically, you blow someone up. They like, knock him. He just like knock the <laughs> shit out of him. Like you just That's lay him out. I mean, he just they when he whenever he lays someone out either in scrimmage or in a game, he's like, yeah, lay that guy out. And just like, <laughs> bam, the guy gets flattened That's or just funny. or when you get out and you just like when he when he sacked the quarterback and just like rush the guy you know and then the quarterback's on the ground like oh i mean they're just that's what he wants to do i as i've said as little i mean he's just he was like some kids you say they're born to do certain things and he was just born to play football so i'm like all right well you know i I told him like look colby you're a good athlete and if you in his school of a couple hundred kids he's probably one of the top two or three kids i said but you're competing against thousands already so we have to move you up the distribution we have to hack the system the way we're going to do this through strength training, we're going to make, we're going to turn you in, you know, from the top 2%, top 5% or wherever he is into the top 0.01%, you know, or higher, you know, and, and that's, you know, it's just like, you know, it, it's like things I wish I had done when I was in, I mean, I even you haven't do as young as him, but even high school, like things knowing about, you know, we call it what you know now. The unreasonable effectiveness of strength training. Like you can take somebody and add, I can literally add 10 or 12 inches of their vertical over a year, year and a half. You could literally make them three times stronger. You can make them 
you take their 40 down from a 4.8 to a 4.4. I mean, you could take them from like a, well, it's a pretty good high school athlete to a, 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 a recruited scholarship college athlete. I mean, if you put in the time over years. Yeah. You know, and all, a lot of it depends on them. I mean, it depends on their, their, their kids' interest and in consistency and work ethic and mm. everything. And, you know, as long as Colby is willing to put in the time and want to do it, then I'll, I'll train him. But Well, he sounds horsey about it. He's a horse. <laughs> of a horse, right? <laughs> so we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll have it. I, I think I'm going to start taking some video and some pictures and of course I have on a spreadsheet so I can kind of see his development over time. Hmm. So if he does stick with it, I mean, who knows? I mean, he's young, maybe in three months he loses interest. Um, but if like he keeps going in a year, year and a half, it'd be interested to see as an experiment, as my guinea pig to say, you know, did we add five inches under vertical? Did we make you twice as strong? Or, no, you got the jumping mat. So uh, was there anything else you wanted to... Um, I think that's enough. I know we're probably running out of time, right? Uh, we're like one third, 140 almost. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to... Is there anything that I first anything you want to ask me about? Um, anything you're curious about? I can't... Well, you, you already went through the startup stuff. You told me about the math class. I think that you're not really thinking about the card game too much. Well, you know, I, I, I wish I could finish, but I have to, I have to get in the math academy and getting the website up. Oh, you know, one thing I want to mention... Uh, I got an I got an email from one of our listeners, Guillermo. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Busto. Uh, yeah, Bustos. Um, but he's he's like, how do you patent? How do you protect protect an app idea? And he's talking about can you patent an app idea or how do you, you know how do you, you know? And we've talked about this stuff before, but I'll, I think we should go over just more time at least for his sake and sure. and you know because he's talking about like, well, you got to get other people involved, so you got to talk about it, and you know. First of all, anyone who, okay, first of all, if you have a new idea, it's going to sound stupid to most people. And they're not going to do it, right? Most people are like, if it's truly, I mean, Airbnb, Uber, Facebook, all those things sounded kind of stupid or or like even sort of derivative of something that already existed. Like, oh, why would I use Uber? There's like a cab. I can just call a cab. Or why would I use Facebook? There's MySpace or Airbnb. We see people. It just don't worry about it, right? And if it's a smaller thing that is a common idea, the people are already doing it. If it doesn't sound crazy, other people are already doing it. And the people who really have the ability to execute on an idea, they're not the kind of people who steal ideas. They have a certain amount of pride in themselves. And usually they're already on something they're already pa- there's something they're passionate about. People don't spend a lot of time just not doing stuff. They're, they're doing their own thing. And the people who do steal ideas steal successful ideas. Yeah, exactly. So they're not going to something come, that's proven. Something that's proven, like oh, this company's already making twenty million dollars yeah. a year, and I think I do. It's like, oh, your idea sounds uh, like you know your idea sounds like it potentially make money. Oh, you know what? Why don't you go copy Slack and create a Slack competitor? You know, or make a you know whatever. Remember people. Copied Peldy, right, from Bolsmith. That's the kind of thing that gets copied because it's it's showing some massive traction. Yeah, it's really showing yeah. revenue. It's yeah. showing real, yeah. you know, revenue. But if you have a, a just this concept, I mean, you know, it's you know there there will be friends and family who go, oh, that's an amazing idea. But you know, they're your friends and family, right? I mean, people who don't really know you and don't care. Most people would probably be like, eh, whatever, or you know, I don't know, it sounds weird, or. I don't really understand and, you know, right? So, I don't know. It, as always, it's like, don't worry about protecting your idea. Just 
You can talk about it as much as you want. You know, people aren't going to steal it. Like you say, you'll, if you have a good idea, you'll have to ram it down people's throats. Yeah, people are exactly. They're going to just... I mean, it's like a mark, probably a mark of a really good idea is it's going to sound ridiculous to most people. Of course, ridiculous ideas are going to sound ridiculous. There's no real way of determining, <laughs> right? Just because someone's, you know, but if if it doesn't sound ridiculous, it's probably not a good idea. Right. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> probably either just very, you know. Good way of thinking about it. It's 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 already done. It's like it's, it's probably a saturated market or whatever. Not that you can't, but even those are, can't, it's not that they can't see. Look at uh, Slack. Slack was not the first. I mean, there's a million companies yeah. out there. Same with Google. This. Same with Google. I mean, many, many times it just hasn't been perfected to the space. There's no true market leader. And yeah. then you come along and. Well, with with Google, you could say, well, they had some, yeah, they had some new, uh, this great new algorithm. But Slack, it was just, they just did a nice UI. They just, there's yet another take on it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's something to do with their growth hacking or maybe it had something to do with their UI, maybe just all the right combination of things. But it certainly wasn't anything we hadn't seen a, a million times, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I would say don't just, worry about just it. Just don't let that impede you from building it. The most important thing is to get it out there. Get it out there and start, um, you know, just, just start moving and forward. And for God's sakes, don't ask people to sign NDAs because anybody who has any real experience in the startup world is going to think you are, you're an absolute amateur. Right. People who are outside, who have never done a startup, who who don't know anything about it, the, f- the first thing they always do is get an NDA and want you to sign it. So that is almost like makes any potential partners or investors are going to make them want to run. They're like, oh, this guy's, this yeah. woman is just ridiculous. They have no idea. They don't, that's basically saying, I have no idea what I'm doing. That's right. basically what you're saying. I have no idea what I'm doing. And they'll sit down there and smile. And now they'll sign your little NDA sometimes. So they're nod and smile and give you some advice. But then they're like, walk away and like, kind of roll their eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. So just don't, don't, and don't waste money on patenting and stuff. So, yeah. All right. So that's it. We're done. We are done. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.